This week's episode of the Getting to Know podcast is brought to you by Native American Heritage Month. Today, we honor and celebrate our Native American employees. Explore our celebration on Connect. Hey, everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined in studio, I guess, if you will, six feet apart, of course, by the artist formerly known as Allison Cap, but it's now Allison Anthony. There's no there's no hyphen in there. I've seen it with a hyphen. Maybe I did that. They have it hyphenated in the in the directory because I like to keep all three. Got it. AKA. The marketer and you keep keep your options open. So I am joined by the general manager of our consumer products business, Allison Anthony. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Allison, how long have you been Allison Anthony? Maybe that's a good place to start. That's a great, po- it's a funny story. So I uh, got my wedding in three weeks before COVID. So we had our wedding in February 2020. Yeah. And so we've been married about a year and a half. All right. So a year and a half in and you have been with Nina for Two years. Long? Two years with Nina. And you've now been in your current role for how long? Because I'm feeling like there's been a bunch of change in your life. Nah. Um, Eight months. Yeah. So I took this role in January. So nine months, I guess. So nine months. So just about a year of marriage, two years of Nina, and eight and a half, nine months of a new job. Are you like a glutton for punishment? Uh, Were things going terribly for you? So you threw... Everything up and just said, let's change everything all at once? That's a great question. I mean, you know, why not? Yeah. I have always been a fly by the seat of a pants kind of gal. Did so. you adopt a new animal during this time? Thank anything? God, no. We don't no. have pets. No um, pets. I'm a plant person and flowers, um, and that's about the extent of it. So you are the general manager of the consumer products business here at Nina. Um, tell us a little bit about what that is means what do you do every day what do i do every that's a great question my team probably asks that no i'm kidding um so as the gm of consumer it really is just working with sales marketing and of course all of our cross-functional teams to kind of bring the consumer products vision to life so when we're talking sales we're talking new distribution expanding distribution with our current friends at walmart and target and then with marketing it's a mix of kind of the things that you think of when you think of a marketer right social media digital advertising and it's driving that strategy, but a lot of it with consumer is new product innovation. And it's really figuring out how do we pull those levers with Astrobrites and Southworth and all of our share of desk expansion categories to find new ways to kind of be more relevant in the life of the consumer is kind of what I always say. Um, trying to kind of expand our reach and like do things new and cool and, and different and navigate whatever challenges that may pop up, right? right. So you've been in this general management capacity for eight and a half, nine months now. You grew up in marketing, in marketing. sales? And- a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, I started my career with Newell Brands um, in sales. So I did sales for about five years um, in a couple different you know, capacities or whatnot. And then I moved into product management. So really learning like how a product is made. Then I moved into marketing and then trade strategy. So I've kind of had a pretty trade strategy again. It's kind of like channel management, a little bit of uh, sales planning, those types of things. So you learn about forecasting and stuff like that. Um, And then I moved over to Nina in a marketing leadership role um, on Kingsley's team on consumer originally. So I've definitely skewed more towards marketing, classical CPG, really, really kind of strong within that. So 
So what have you found to be the biggest difference between what your role actually entails every day versus what you thought the general manager role for consumer products would entail every day? Oh, that's a good question. I think the one thing that I've learned as I've come into this role is how holistic you have to think when you're a general manager, right? When you're working in sales or when you're working in marketing, a lot of times you can have a really laser focused approach as to what you're doing. It's I have to create this brand new planner and it has to hit market on X date and I need to have this amount of distribution, right? You think about those things laser focused. When you're the GM, you're thinking of it from a, how is this strategically going to grow my business? What is this going to do to take us to the next level? And you're always kind of having to ask those questions, push, 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 while also making sure that everything else is falling into place, right? So it's just a lot more of a kind of 360 view that you have to have. Um, and I think the unique thing about Mina is how close we are to the products that we make. You know, so much of our manufacturing is done here in the United States. So being on conference calls, hearing about how things are going up at the Nina Mill or what's going on at Whiting. Being really tied into that and then seeing the trickle-down effect is something that you don't always see when you're in kind of your more um, leadership roles in other capacity. I should probably assume that someone responsible for innovating and bringing things like planners to life utilizes such products. Are you a planner by nature? Has, has prioritization in a bigger, broader role been a challenge for you? I would say I am a planner and a really detailed task-oriented person in all aspects of my life, right? So, and when you move into a new type of capacity, a new type of role, you have to learn how to prioritize a lot of times the important over the urgent or, or when, understand when the urgent needs to take place over the important, right? And it's that balance. And I think that's the biggest thing as I've moved into a new capacity. It's really understanding balancing the urgent versus the important and making sure that we're making super smart decisions. Um, I would say I do I do that across my entire life. I'm super detail oriented. Ask my team. They know that the first person who's going to notice if an I is dotted or a T is crossed, it's going to be Allison. Um, but um, so that's just a little bit of my nature, much to my husband's chagrin also. But it's, it's definitely something I use our planners. So yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that much. That's okay. for sure. How challenging does everything related to COVID continue to be to your business? What's the impact currently right now or the great, the greatest of the impacts right now? I think there are two things. One has been learning to understand what the consumer behavior is going to be coming back. You know, we just got through the back to school season, which is Astro Bright's Super Bowl, right? It is where we are laser focused on executing and not having a grasp of what consumers were going to be doing because quite honestly, consumers didn't know what they we're going to be doing has been really challenging. And you think about it, not just challenging from what products do we bring to market, but how do we plan for those products? How do we work with our retailers to be a source of knowledge and a source of strength for them to be able to like go to market with that? So that's definitely been a challenge. This is what is the consumer behavior going to be? Because COVID was not a two-week event. You know, it, it's been a year and a half and it's hard to shift consumer behavior over a year and a half and then have it looked like it's going to go back to 2019 or something like that. So that's been difficult. And the other thing is our customers. So we're used to being able to go meet with Walmart in Bentonville, Arkansas, and used to travel up to Staples in Boston. And now we're having a lot of those meetings 
virtually, just like we do here with Nina, you know, at all of our meetings. And there is, you know, that you save a lot of time and it can be really efficient, but also you miss out on taking them to coffee after you have a challenging conversation and continuing those types of things. So I think just, just like, you know, lots of parts of Nina, I think the consumer customer dynamic has been interesting. I assume the consumer dynamics were changing pretty dramatically already as the move online was was hitting you guys, right? Have you, have you continued to see a move to an Amazon, to a Walmart.com, to a Target.com versus the traditional brick and mortar in your world? Or is brick and mortar starting to come back? It's interesting. I actually just read an article published um, with some Amazon, with some people who do focused research on Amazon, and they are seeing Amazon continue to grow, right? Amazon is winning in the marketplace, but other brick and mortar retailers like Target and Walmart are also winning in-store and they're starting to creep up a little bit online. So when you look at the how back to school performed, Amazon and Target clearly won the day. Um, and it resulted to, you know, if you're gonna be in brick and mortar and you wanna go shopping, people were shopping at Target. So they were doing a great job of encouraging people to come in. Amazon is your one-stop shop online. And it's just kind of depends on what your consumer wants to do. But the consumer behavior is what's really interesting because there's been an interesting shift we got into COVID, so much was focused online that some consumers heavied up on online, whether it was spending all of their time on social media or doing all of their shopping on Amazon. And then other consumers kind of reverted to the analog, more writing, more crafting, more doing things outside. And so it's a really interesting dynamic right now. You look at the macro trends and you're like, what on earth is going on? It's a really interesting kind of shift that we're seeing. You talked about the back to school season or period being so important to your business, is it so significant that um, you wouldn't know a way back for a poorly performing back to school season? Or is there, there are opportunities outside of that period to, to make up for, you know, a, a um, disappointing Back to, back to school. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think back to school is hugely important. So we would never want to underperform for back to school for sure. Are we clever and can we pull levers throughout the year? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that we're looking at for the consumer business is back to school is huge. What else can we do outside of back to school to create those mini peak drive times um, around whether it's around crafting or it's around other holidays? There are absolutely things that we can do there. And it's also the reason why expanding our share of desk is so important. You know, building out these other categories where we can win, not just in the back to school cut sheet paper and cardstock seasons. And that helps us to just be a little bit more evergreen as we kind of move through the year. So you talked about back to school season, um, changes in consumer behavior. Did you grow up thinking this is what I want to do? I want to be, uh, you know, somebody who's that focused on what my peers and colleagues walking around the world are doing and where they're buying things or... Did you have different plans as a, as a young lady? As a, as a youngster, no, I definitely was always like kind of one of those people who observed things and like always paid attention to the details. Um, originally, I thought I was going to be in public relations and advertising. So when I was in college, I had grand plans of, you know, going to New York and doing PR and advertising yeah. and communications and those types of things. Um, and as I kind of kept progressing throughout my studies and learning about things, I kind of was like, oh, you know, business is something that is really interesting. It piques my interest. And then I was, you know, right before I was graduating, you know, offered a job to do sales and marketing all at once and kind of learned the ropes from the ground up and took that job instead of a PR job out in Dallas and 
there you go. So I don't detect a Wisconsin accent necessarily. So where where did you grow up? Talk to me about the early days the early... of Allison Cap pre Allison Anthony. Yes. Yeah, so I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. So I probably you pick up on a southern accent. Maybe a little more a little, southern, a little more southern yeah. for me. Um, maybe not quite as southern as my other fellow Alabamians because neither one of my parents are originally from Alabama. We were transplants. So, but I lived there and grew up there my entire life. And then I went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, a huge college football fan. And um, as soon as I graduated, I packed up my stuff and moved out to Dallas, Texas, and then kind of moved moved all around. I moved five times in eight years in my career with, with Newell. So I did, a, I did a fair amount of moving before I landed back in Atlanta. What's the best place you've ever lived in? I really enjoyed Charlotte, North Carolina. So I was there for one year exactly before Newell asked me to move yeah. to Atlanta. Um, but Charlotte, I was there right as it was starting to kind of grow and expand. And like the restaurant scene there is amazing. Um, and being kind of a young, late 20, early 30 something, Really cool place to be. Uh, Charlotte's a great place. I spent about five years there right after college, which was a lot before when you were there, but it is it is a great place for sure. Going back to um, the early days, so growing up in Birmingham, what did you think, like as a young girl, uh, what would your dream have been career-wise? I always, I always liked being in front of people. So that was yeah. never a problem for me. Um, so I would say absolutely like leadership style roles always were something that were... You I was to be someone's boss? I, basically, yeah. yeah, that's my little sister would tell you. That's right. definitely the yeah. case. So that was always something that I definitely wanted to do. Both of my parents were educators, so I had a, I spent a lot of time playing school, talking to myself. Um, I also owned my own travel agency for a while, which my dad could tell you about. I would do that in the back seat of the car on our drives to oh, go yeah. visit family. Um, so yeah, I was always a little bit all over the place with it. Was there a curiosity around travel is that what drove that we have a huge i have a huge family on my side and my husband has a huge side of his family as well and we're also pretty international my dad was an air force brat okay. so we had family all over the country and all over the world so it afforded us like you know really cool opportunities to go whether it was road tripping out yeah. to you know California or going up to Staten Island. So I was seeing all of these places. And right. I think that's kind of what sparked some of that. It's just this natural curiosity, like what's next? What's what's over the next hill kind of a thing. Gotcha. So you mentioned uh, Roll Tide. Yes. Big Alabama fan, Alabama yes. alum. What does a Saturday in the fall look like for you? Um, ideally, it's the type of weather that we're going to have this weekend, like high 70s low 50s you know that's kind of the the jam there tv outdoor patio alabama game family food and we have to have like a couple drinks because that's what we do for alabama football so does it ever get boring just beating everybody's ass all the time no it does not but also i will say i am not a fair weather alabama fan when i was in college the four years i was there we lost to Auburn, our in-state rival, every single year I was there. Really? I weathered the storm. And so yes. now I am reaping the benefits of, of maintaining my loyalty to the tide. Enjoy so. it. It's something very special that's going on there. And I say that as an Ohio State fan who pays a lot of money to Clemson for one of my daughters. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely a jealousy thing, but it's, it's special. Fun. Well, I'm the daughter of two Clemson Tigers. Oh. So we have a very interesting family sure. dynamic now that Clemson stopped Clemsoning 
so much. They Clemson so is not Clemson as much as they right. once did. And um, as I don't know if a lot of people know this, is led by an Alabama grad. Exactly. That yep. was a, an Alabama former walk-on wide receiver. That's right. So, you are correct. Where does your husband fit into all this? Is he a is he a Bama guy too? He's a Bama guy. He did not go to Alabama, okay. but um, he is an Alabama fan, as is the majority of his family. The only outlier that we have is my brother-in-law is an Auburn Tiger. I don't know what my sister was thinking. I have a split part of my family that I can't quite figure <laughs> I, out. I can't figure them out. Can't quite figure it out either. So two years here at Nita, um, eight, nine months now in the general manager role, you started in a marketing kind of uh, manager focused role. Yep. Um, what's your overall experience been here environmentally um, after spending in the first part of your career somewhere else? It's been really great. I think one of the things that's so unique to Nina is just how invested everyone is in whatever it is that you're working on. It could be something small. It could be something huge. It could be a big strategic initiative. It could be, you know, planning something really cool for us to do here at the office, like a food truck. I think the investment that we all have with Nina is really, really special. And it's something that you don't build overnight. Um, and even though I was actually only here about six months before we flipped to COVID world, right? So I only experienced the first six months of having everyone here at the office. You see it and you feel it. And it's something that we're still able to kind of bring to life when we're together. Um, you know, I was just up in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago for some of the mill. We did some mill appreciation events and we had some food trucks and just having people come back together and come into the office and see everybody and those sparks and that reconnection yeah. is really, sure. really cool. It's for very sure. special. If we put COVID aside and um, gave you a magic wand, or as they say in Europe, a magic stick, mm -hmm. and you could wave that and change one thing about your experience at Nina, what would you go after? If you gave me a magic wand right now, I'd probably try and fix the global and domestic supply chain. But um, I would say yeah. that for in, in all seriousness, I think one of the things that I am super passionate about and love is innovation and bringing new things to market. And if I could just wave a magic wand, I would just put all of the right infrastructure people, technology, resources all in place overnight and have it just all click. And that would be great. But you know what you miss when you do that is the journey of getting there and those learnings that happen. So, you know, no matter how many times you're like, man, I wish we could just do this tomorrow. You kind of wish you could do it tomorrow, but also appreciate your path to getting there. That's a great perspective. The journey is far more of the reward than you often realize as you Absolutely. go through it. I, that's, that's, that's a great point. So what would your advice be, Allison, to the younger version of you, the Newell Rubbermaid sales and marketing representative getting on a plane or driving out to Dallas at, you know, 22, 23 years old. What one thing would you impart in younger, younger Allison that um, would have helped you earlier in your career? I think one of the things that I wish I had done a little bit more is give yourself a break and let yourself learn. And don't be worried about the little things, the little things that you see as massive failures and misses. Don't sweat that kind of stuff. Because I absolutely was one of those people that did. Every missed opportunity was something that I was doing in sales. Every you know dot or comma that I missed on something as a marketer and in a creative brief that I was writing. I used to beat myself up over that. And that's one of those things where I wish I could have just been like, Allison, give yourself a break. 
keep your eyes on the prize. These little things don't necessarily matter. And I think that's something that I've tried to kind of impart it also on anyone who I get to kind of mentor and guide as a, as a leader too. More a good perspective. It's interesting because I'm having just quickly, I'm having a hard time fully reconciling that person with the same one with that wise counsel around, um, you know, around the journey being the reward. So is it fair to say you've learned Learned more about the journey as, as opposed to being born, getting how important the journey was? Totally. Good for you. So when you're not doing everything you can to drive the consumer products business here at Nina and you're not watching your tide roll over everybody that that, that the uh, SEC puts in front of them or any other conference for that matter, what else What do you and your husband and your family do for fun? Yeah, we're big outdoors people. So anything outside. So gardening, yard work, walks all that kind of stuff. We're beach people for sure. So if you could put me, transport me anywhere, I would say, take me to Sandestin and just put me on a beach and let me do whatever I want for a week. That's pretty much what I would, what I would go for. I'm also fun fact, a registered yoga teacher. So my family and friends took a lot of advantage of that over COVID because no one could go to the gym, but Allison can come teach yoga class. So we did do a lot of that, which is, which is pretty fun too. So we're active people. We also love, we have big extended family and they're kind of all over the place. We have a, you know, a decent crew that we like to get together and, and see on the weekends and stuff, which is nice. From a yoga standpoint, do you only teach yoga classes or do you go to someone else's yoga classes or do you just do things on your own or do you force Joseph into that (laughs) or do you highly encourage Joseph to do that? How's that work? So I I have, have encouraged Joseph twice to do yoga with me and then he stopped and my and my husband is a former division one college athlete right so it's not like he's in terrible shape he cannot do the yoga as he calls it so we just stopped that but I prefer to go go and like be taught by someone during COVID I kind of forced myself to teach myself but I'll go roll out my mat and turn on my like yoga YouTube and 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 get down so and is it physical is it mental is it both for you it's both it's both i'm definitely kind of a hot hot yoga you know so it's not just like sit around and stretch kind of a thing for sure so i like to feel like i get a good workout but also it's like your hour to disconnect which i think is important i'm sure you hear this a lot as a yoga instructor uh, because i've heard people say it back to me but the couple times that my wife has pushed me down that path um the voices in my head just wouldn't stop. And um, I've heard this is not an uncommon thing. What's your advice to the Getting to Know podcast listening audience who would love to do this, but they just can't quite get themselves to the right point mentally? Yeah. So a couple different things. So one is finding the right type of yoga for you. So not everyone is going to do really well in like the yoga where no one talks and it's really silent and there's not, there is yoga that you can do to all kinds of great podcasts where, whether it's someone just like talking, whether it's really great music and playlist, that's what got me into it. I was a ballerina my whole life. And so exercising with music, I don't know how to do it without that kind of. And that was one of the things that really helped me. And then once you get into it, you learn to kind of let things go. And then you can kind of quote unquote graduate into the, you know, being one with yourself. But also not everyone who does yoga has things figured out. One of my favorite little like memes is like, not everyone at yoga has it all figured out. We're all just here because we're crazy. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. 
are you likely on a Saturday in the fall to wake up, go do some yoga um, in advance of game day? Or is this a later in in the day type of activity for you? Oh, no. We have to get the yoga in early if we're going to do game day in the afternoon, Mike. And lots of food and some drinks. Yeah. What is in the, um, let's call it the appetizer hall of fame. Like what's got to be there in the perfect day food wise? That's a really good question. So a few different things. I, first of all, I'm a dessert first person. So that is typically my go-to. I need to know what we have. I need to know what's, what we're having for dessert. Um, we always have a few different things at our house. So my husband is half Irish, half Lebanese. Interesting mix. I know. So we always have tabbouleh and hummus at all of our events. Like it could be Thanksgiving. It could be Easter. It could be Halloween. That's at our house. What goes, our I house. mean, it's chickpeas. Chickpeas, and... olive oil, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't. I don't have the recipe yeah. yet. Okay. I haven't. I haven't gotcha. heard that one. So tabbouleh, tabbouleh, hummus. hummus, and then we all we also always have chicken wings for game day. That's always happening. And then I do a really fun like Mexican like corn, black bean, salsa kind of dip thing that you can serve with vegetables if you want to be like really healthy. And then also corn chips as well. So we do that and jalapeno poppers. What's in the, the, um, the dessert tray for you? Is it like you said, you have kind of a dessert first, sweet tooth kind of thing. Is that like chocolate? Absolutely chocolate. I don't have an event where we don't serve chocolate for a dessert. So it's the one thing that I make that better than my mother, who's a fantastic baker. Yeah, she could listen to this. She she admits it. She admits that this is better, but it's a triple chocolate cake. It's called a damn good chocolate cake, and it's my kind of specialty. I also can make it as cupcakes. So it's devil's food cake, chocolate buttercream icing, chocolate ganache with chocolate chips inside of it. So, so come prepared to leave kind of shaky. Can you, um, like, can you eat a huge piece of that or is it just yes. too much? Yes. Oh, I can. You, I don't know about other the average people. Person? Probably not. The chicken wings, are yeah. you making them, grilling them, frying them, buying them? Both. We'll grill them sometimes. We also occasionally, if we're being lazy and don't want to get the grill out, we'll bake them. So the game's now over. Anything that you would be most likely to binge? Like, is there a specific cool. kind of thing that you... You guys like to watch, to watch. like kind of show or yeah. not into TV, more into movies. What's the deal? I wish I could tell you I had like a very like high, high thinking type of television thing going on. I don't. I like bad reality TV on Bravo, not the real housewives or anything like that, but Top Chef is probably my top, one of my top favorite shows. How about music? So are you guys big music fans? Eh, a little bit like hit or miss, like, you know. Concerts? Concerts, no. Not so much. No, not First so much. ever concert? My first ever concert was uh, Amy Grant, mm-hmm. way back in the day. Where? Uh, let's see, Atlanta. In Atlanta? Yeah. When you get in the car, um, are you doing podcasts? Are you listening to music? Are you zoning out? Are you on the phone? Yeah, a little bit of both. I am definitely a phone person, so I get my, like, I have, because I moved so much, I have friends and girlfriends and sorority sisters that are kind of all over the country. So I have like very scheduled phone dates. So we're like, hey, I'm gonna be in the car for 20 minutes. Do you wanna catch up? And that's where we kind of get some of that in. So that's, that's typically what I'm doing. So what's the perfect day look like at work? I love when I can come in and I have like an hour and a half at the beginning of the day and at least an hour at the end of the day with no meetings. That's probably the one thing because, again, this probably goes back to my organization. I like to be able to kind of 
chart a path and think about how we're going to play things out for whatever it is that I have kind of on the docket. Now, the other thing that I'll say as I speak out of both sides of my mouth, I love a good challenge. So every, every day something is going to pop up that's unexpected. And tackling that is definitely something that you kind of get accustomed to, um, but it's something that you have to expect. But if I can have that first hour and a half and that last hour free, I'll take whatever happens in between. You must be excelling in this environment with all the challenges that we keep getting hit with. <laughs> that, that's great. But yeah, I, I would agree. Having a little bit of that flexibility. Yeah, just a little bit of buffer time at the beginning and end. Good, good way to go at it. Perfect day on a personal level. So covered the, the, the Alabama football and everything going on in the backyard. We've talked about Sandestin as being the yeah. ideal vacation spot. So now, perfect day. Which one are you choosing there? Or maybe both. I would merge the two. What I love is when we go down to the beach in like October, long weekend, right. and you get to do all of it at once, solid, right? It's a solid yeah. Pull there. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good one. Nothing beats Alabama football on a nice deck overlooking the Gulf. And you stay in Sandestin proper? Sandestin proper, Santa Rosa, yeah. I like too. Yeah. Rosemary Beach is a good one. It's a little more secluded, which is kind of nice right now. Favorite kind of food outside of desserts? I'm a Mediterranean food kind of person, and I don't say that just because my husband's half Lebanese, but I really you is. Were prior to I that, was prior to that, yeah. Okay. So all of that like Mediterranean style stuff, like I have to admit, I do love my chocolate, but I'm also a huge fruit and vegetable person. Like it just is what it is. And my dad grow. He has this massive community garden that he runs as yeah. part of his um, their church, and so we get like lots of fresh stuff from him too, which is really fun to, you know, seasonal ingredient kind of a thing. Favorite restaurant in the Atlanta area. Um, the Optimist. It's a seafood place. I okay. also love, and there's one up here in Avalon too, is um, Rumi's. Rumi's. You know yeah, I, That's where I was expecting you to go. There's Rumi's one is one of my favorite right up here. I'm not uh, the most adventurous eater, which has been well established on the Getting No podcast, yeah. but Rumi's is, Rumi's is, very is pretty on point. I, I, I would completely agree. Beer, wine, liquor, combination, what, what's your go to? I'm a Tito's, vodka, and soda gal. Yeah. How long? Have you, has that been your go-to? It was post-college. I was a little bit more um, wide-reaching in college, I would say. Probably the last, like, five, ten years. That's kind of just been my solid. Yeah. I'll do wine with dinner. Yeah. Red, white, depends on the food? My, mainly red. Did you mention you were a dancer? Mm -hmm. What yep. kind of dance? All kinds. I started ballet when I was two. Okay. And I danced all the way through my sophomore year at Alabama. So I did ballet, jazz, tap for a little bit. Everything but ballroom. I never got into ballroom. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, probably ballet. Do you still do anything with it now? Or? No, yoga is about as close as I can get. Yeah. yeah. How long has it been since you last did anything ballet related? When I lived in Charlotte, I helped coach a middle school dance team when I was there. So I did it as like a volunteer thing, which was really cool. Um, and I would go with them to like their ballet class and I would get out there and pretend I could do it. And then it just, there's a reason ballerinas retire at 28. Do you regularly go watch ballet? I must admit, I do love Broadway, okay. and I love a good ballet. Um, I try to see the Nutcracker live. It's the Christmas-themed yep. ballet yep. every year. My husband has been dragged to that, so that does happen. And it's it's one of my 
favorite things. So I gave you the magic wand earlier. Now if I had a magic wand and I could make you an expert on any topic, what would you want to be an expert in? Mike, that's a good one. I would love to be an expert in consumer behavior. You're probably pretty damn good in consumer yeah. behavior. Would waving the magic wand to make you an expert in consumer behavior steal from you the journey associated with becoming an expert in consumer behavior? Or would that be worth the trade-off? It might be worth the trade-off because think about the unlock. You don't have to spend quite as much time figuring out the why. You just know it, so you go do it. I mean, selfishly, as a shareholder at Nina, I would love yeah, if it's we pretty could cool. wave that magic wand. That's <laughs> That's, that's great. What do you look for in a marketer when you're hiring? That's a fun question. So when, especially when I would have been, you know, at, at other companies and we've done like in, you know, we've had big intern programs or yeah. bringing in like younger associates. I think the biggest thing that I look for is not a specific degree. I don't care if you have a business degree. I don't care if you have a communications degree. I care if you enjoy and you can articulate enjoying a challenge, if you're naturally curious and you ask questions and you're someone who's not afraid to like roll up your sleeves and just get it done. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day kind of what a marketer is because it's not all, it's not maddening, right? It's right. It's, right. it's not that, that yeah. kind of a thing. Is there much of a difference for you when you look for a great salesperson? Kind of the same core competencies, capabilities, yeah. any, anything that you look for a little differently? Totally. No, I think one of the things that we talk a lot about with like our sales is that like ability, that natural ability to hunt and like go after and kind of like find what's new and what's next. I think when you're looking though at young marketers or salespeople, they both need to have that tenacity, that natural kind of go-getter mentality. Um, because I think from there, you come in and you learn the skills. You don't learn how to be a great marketer sitting in a classroom. Right. You know, same with a great salesperson. Well, Allison, I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you a little bit uh, better here through our discussion. At the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we've got three specific questions we okay. ask all of our guests. I'm going to hit you with those now. Okay. I'm going to throw a couple caveats because there's a few things I think we may have already discovered, okay. including here in this first one. What can always be found in your fridge outside of chickpeas or anything that goes into the uh, production of hummus and tabbouleh? Okay. Um, what, what would always be in your refrigerator? Okay, got it. Um, apples, grapes, and Irish chocolate. Primarily, like in my personal favorite, flakes and twirls. They're both made by, made by Cadbury. My husband's aunt, who lives in Ireland, sends me care packages with them. But you keep it in the fridge because it keeps it fresh. And what is so different about it's the just Irish better. chocolate? It's just yeah. better. How did you first discover this? Was this through Joseph? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Our first vacation, or maybe our second vacation, we went to Ireland when we first started dating. Next question. So amongst those who know you well, what would you say you're most famous for? I'm pretty famous for my cake, but um, I will say um, I probably am famous for being able to function on the least amount of sleep out of anyone in my family and not bite anyone's head off, which is sometimes can be good, um, sometimes maybe not. And my nephew thinks I'm the world's greatest aunt. Two we'll go good places that. to be. Yeah. He may think you're the world's greatest aunt also, based on the fact that you don't have that strong need for sleep, so you're probably a super yeah, nice exactly. aunt. Yeah, exactly. And right? I always have chocolate, which his mom yeah, does not. That helps also. Yeah. 
Last question for you, Allison. Okay. What are you most looking forward to right this very moment? So personally, I am going to see my goddaughter and my godmother in Charleston in two weeks. I have not seen them since I got married. So it's been a year and a half since I've seen them. And they live um, they live in Charleston, right off of Folly Beach. So we're going up there to visit them for a long weekend in a couple weeks. And I am yeah. so excited. On a professional level is there something you're most looking forward to yeah absolutely our um 2022 planners are launching at retail in like two weeks it's our second season out with them we had like double the placement at staples and fedex and amazon so everything is going to be hitting shelves and that's a really cool really cool thing to go into retail and see something that you know sure. you and a whole 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 but big bunch of people brought to life that's great. Well, yeah. congratulations on Thanks. that well, thank you again for the time that you've uh, taken with us. I've enjoyed getting to know you. I'm certain that our listening audience in the Getting to Know podcast has as well. So cool. thank you. I look forward to seeing you around the office. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. For those of you in the listening audience, thank you again for your time. We'll talk to you again in two more weeks.